All right, awesome. Good morning, good morning to everybody watching us online and listening to our podcast. Welcome to what we call our Winners Worship Express, brought to you by Winners Church. We are glad to have you here. I'm happy to be here with you. We are so excited and glad for what God has been doing with you in these last few months, last few last year or so. God, we know that the Lord has been blessing you, helping you, progressing you, and we're excited about you, and he is not done yet. He has more to do with you in the next four months of the year. In addition to that, September 19th, we're going to be meeting again. So I want to encourage you to be excited. Pastor Marie said something so important. He said, spend time giving yourself over to prayer and building your expectation for September 19th. It's not enough to just come and sit down and enjoy the word. It's not enough to say, okay, here we go, September 19th. Let me see what's going to happen. No, no, no. We're coming September 19th with prayer and expectation, excited. Amen. Don't come looking to be curious, but come looking, expecting that God will speak to you, expecting that God will speak to the person that you may bring. Yes, the Lord wants to bless those you may bring to the service, those you've been praying for, those you've been ministering to, or those you maybe it's a person you just want their soul to Christ that you want to bring to the service. The Lord wants to speak to them, but your expectation is also required. So expect believe and continue to pray for September 19th. Amen. I want to commend all of you who have been praying, all of you have been expecting, all of you who've had the right mind, the right heart towards your church, towards your pastors. I want to commend you. The Lord sees it all and he's going to bless you because of that, because you have had the right mind, the right attitude about your church, about your pastors. I want to bless those who continue to speak well about this church, continue to speak well about their pastors, and continue to speak well about what God has done for Winners Church. Thank you for having a good mind and having a good heart towards your church and towards your pastors. Now let us pray so we can start this, um, so we can get into this word. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for the word that's going to be um, shared today. Thank you that this word will be sown into their hearts. After it's sown into their hearts, they're going to get, they're going to receive faith. They're going to receive answer. They're going to receive solution. They're going to receive what they've been looking for. It's going to help them to progress. I thank you that this word given to them today will help them get better and better. It will continue to transform them into the perfect image of Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to share with you a dream that I had in the month of January 2020. I um, um, Before I get into that, um, we are, we, when this church is known to be a church that has dreams, our members, our pastors, I myself, my wife, we dream often. Some of us have more dreams than others, but we are a dreaming church. And we're not just a church that dreams regular dreams. We have prophetic dreams. When I say prophetic dreams, dreams that may show future events, dreams that may show um, things that may come to pass, but they can turn or they can change with a little bit of prayer and worship and seeking the Lord, or just dreams that um, are, are there to, a prophetic dream that are there to give exhortation, comfort, or correction. And also some of us have dreams, such as myself, where these dreams are, are parables. When I say parables, they're stories. These dreams, God uses a dream realm. He puts a story there. It's like watching a movie, and you're in that movie, and then he's teaching you something about his word, or he's talking to you about something in your life, or he's correcting you, such as myself. I have many dreams that come in the form of parables, also prophetic. Because of my calling to ministry, because of the gift that God has given me, I have a lot of prophetic dreams, but I also, I also have a lot of dreams that are parables where God is teaching me, giving me revelation of the word of God. And you can have the same thing. I want to I encourage you to keep your heart and mind open, keep your um, spirit open to dream. The Bible said that I'll pour my spirit on all flesh. 
and your men will dream and have visions. So I want to encourage you to be expecting about dreams. And dreams are so powerful. They're very, very powerful. We're in, if you look at throughout the scriptures, many people had dreams that where God showed them things. Many people had dreams where God began to um, um, draw them closer to him. And I want to make a, I want to make a quick disclaimer. You who dream, please stay away from dream interpretation books. Amen. Many dream interpretation books are written from people who are practicing a cult or people who are into new age on philosophy. The best dream interpretation book is the Bible. Yes, it is. It's easy. It's simple. That's the best dream interpretation book. And the reason why I bring that because when you have your dream, if your dream does not line with, is not in line with scripture, if it's not in line with word, it's not in line with the word of God, more than likely a dream is not from the Lord. But stay away from dream inter interpretation books. You can, you can go with the Bible. You can also ask other seasoned people in, in your church to help you interpret your dreams. You can talk to me, talk to Pastor Reese. We are seasoned people who have many dreams and we are very good at interpretation. I myself have been growing in the gift of interpreting dreams. So I want to encourage you, if you're a dreamer, you're having dreams, you need some type of help, come talk to us. Another thing about dreams, as the Lord wants you to know, many times when God gives a dream that may be a little bit difficult to interpret, He's giving that dream and the difficulty of the interpretation so that you can draw closer to him. You look at the Bible, Nebuchadnezzar, one of the reasons why he came to the Lord, or one of the reasons why he came to believing in Yahweh, because God gave him hard dreams. He got those hard dreams. The first person that interpreted was a man of God by the name of Daniel. Daniel interpreted, and then at the end of the interpretation, um, Nebuchadnezzar began to praise God. Then Nebuchadnezzar got another dream that was hard to interpret. Daniel came again and interpreted that dream. But because of the, 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 um, the, the, inter because of the interpretation was so hard, it drew Nebuchadnezzar closer to God. So many times when God gives you a dream that may be a little difficult to interpret, many times it's to draw you closer to him, to seek him, to spend time in prayer, spend time in his word. Father, what does this dream mean? What are you saying? If, I'm, if I could paint the picture for you to understand what I'm saying, it's like almost like you're like a horse and God is dangling a carrot in front of you, trying to move you and direct you. So that dream he's putting before you, moving you and directing you closer to him. Amen. So I want to encourage you. If you have a, a, a dream that you can't interpret, the first place you go to is the Holy Spirit. Then you go to his word. If you're still having a little bit of trouble, you can talk to, to us, your pastoral staff, or talk to other people in the church. In addition to that, I also want, you, I also want to remind you that that um that that it is good to have dreams. Don't think you're weird. Don't think you are uh, uh of someone who's like a little cuckoo. No. And also, do not doubt the interpretation you get from your dreams. Many of you dreams, and you get the interpretation immediately. I do that. I get a dream, and I get the interpretation immediately. And, I, and because it comes so fast, I'm like, oh, no, this can't be from God. Let me let me really seek the Lord. No. Many times when you wake up, you get the interpretation immediately. Many times. Or in the dream, you know what the dream means. Many times that happens. But I want to encourage you, do not doubt the interpretation you receive from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Especially if he's correcting you. Many of us do that. God corrects us. Oh, no, no, he's not. that's not what the Lord's saying. It can't mean that. No, no, no. He's correcting you through that dream. Exactly what you thought, exactly what came to your spirit, that's what it means. And I encourage you to take heed to those type of dreams. But we're a dream in church. And I had a dream in January of 2020. I wrote the dream down in January 7th, but I believe it came two days prior. I have a habit sometimes where I had dreams. I may um, take time before I write it down. Maybe take. I may want to um, pray before. Uh, writing it down, or sometimes like, something gets in the way, and I just forget to write the dream. But and also, please write your dreams down. You should. Everyone in this church who has dreams should have a dream log. 
If you don't have a dream lock, there's no excuse. As of today, get your dream lock and write your dreams down because 10 years from now, five years, five years from now, two years from now, you can always go back to those books, to that lock, and see what the Lord has spoken to you or what the Lord has shown you, and you'll see his confirmation for what may be happening in that time. So I encourage you to write those dreams down. So I had a dream in January 2020. I wrote it down January 7th. And in this dream, when it's church, we're inside a church. We're not inside our school location. We're inside of a church. And it's a real church. There's pews. There's a stage. There's a uh, there's a, a state um a, um a altar. There's a, a place for the band. There's a pulpit. It's a church. And I get there early. When I get there, my friend Deli. Some of you may know him. Some of you don't know him. He is there and he's sitting in the front row. And I get into and I'm inside this dream. I, I'm I'm actually there as first person. And I see him, and I'm like, man, why is he in the front row? Because the front row is really for the pastor. So in the dream, I'm like, why is he there? He shouldn't be there. I get a little attitude. But I have my coat, and I have my wife's coat, and I take our coats, and I place it on the chair. And then I go to the back. I go to the back. I get involved with something else. You know, The service hasn't started yet. But then I get back to the front. Now, Del an usher has moved my, my coat, my wife's coat, and my coat, and now Delia is sitting in my seat, and now I'm really upset. I'm like, why is he here? And, and now the place is filled, and I have to sit in the back. And I'm really upset. I'm really bothered. I'm like, what's going on? And then the prophet Bobby Connor comes on the stage. And if anybody knows, Bobby Connor was a, is a prophet we invited many, many years ago. He's a real prophet. He's in his, about maybe about 70s. He's, a, I mean, this guy is amazing how he is, how he prophesies. And the purity that comes from him is amazing. So amazing. But anyway, he comes out and then he says, to be him, that is the glory of God. And I remember seeing some security cameras and then I woke up out of the dream. And then when I woke up, I kept hearing that word over and over. To be him, that is the glory of God. And the title of my message today because of this dream that I've had, is to is the greatest glory. There are different types of glory. And before I get into that, I actually I have to go back. I'm reminded by the Holy Spirit to actually talk a little bit more about the dream because inside the dream, there's multiple messages. The first message the Holy Spirit wants when his church to know is this. When I got inside the dream, Delhi was there first. Now, you know anything about Delhi? He's that type of person where he's there first. He's excited about the word. He's hungry for the word. He is there first before the service starts, and he's at the front, showing his attitude and showing his energy towards the word of God. And when it's church, when we're meeting again and going forward, God wants us to have a great attitude about his word. God wants us to be there early and on time. But not just be there early and on time. God wants us to be an expectation that the man of God is here to speak to us. The man of God has something for us. Heaven is ready to move on our behalf. Friends and family, the Lord wants us to get back to the first thing, get back to the things that are first. And that is the word of God. During this pandemic, many of us were tested. The pandemic is what you can say is a trial that came. I'm not saying this from the Lord, but it's looked at, it can be looked at as a trial. Because trials, one of the marks, a mark of a trial is this, is that it is out of your control. Certain negative circumstances or circumstances that come to test your faith that are out of your control. If you are eating unhealthy and you happen to get sick and you get a, a disease, that is not a trial. That is negligence or that is laziness or that is ignorance. If you happen to spend all your money, you don't save. That is not, and then you're now struggling, you're now struggling financially. That is not a trial. That is negligence. That is ignorance or that is, that is, um, um, laziness. But the pandemic, 
is, can you, it can be seen at the trial. And because of the pandemic, many people's faith were tested. Many people ran closer to the Lord. Many people ran away from the Lord. Many people stepped out of the perfect plan of God for their life. Many people got more solidified in the perfect plan of God, in the perfect plan of God for their life. What am I saying? Is that when these storms come, the word of God is the one that's going to help us. Is going to help us. The Lord wants us to be more engaged into the Word of God. That's what this dream was showing me. When Delhi is there first, the Lord was showing me that this is the attitude He wants His church to have. You may you not you may not be able to sit in the front row, but you get as close as you can to the presence of God. You get as close as you can to the Word of God. It's the Word that's going to save is saving you. It's the Word that's going to help you. It's the Word that's building your faith. It's the Word that's giving you revelation. It's the Word that's giving you insight. It's the Word that's showing you how to live. Many Christians because they're not in the Word. They're being moved and swayed by different doctrines. The Bible says this. I love what, what Jesus said this. Jesus said this in the book of Matthew, um, chapter 7, verse 24 to 27. He says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, which is his word, and does them, I will like them to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. What is the rock? The rock is the word of God. Jesus is saying when that person stood on the word, when he did my word, he stood on the rock, and he was unmovable when the storms came. But then he goes on, he said, but, the, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine, my word, and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was this for. The sand represents the doctrines of this world. It represents the doctrines of man. Many Christians have been moved by the doctrines of man, moved by the doctrines of this world. And because of that, they have now built themselves on the sand. The pandemic, which was a storm, it came in and it has now knocked them down. And that swept them away, so to speak. But 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 those who stood on the word, they got they they, they got their faith was stronger. They, they excelled, they progressed. Many of you experienced promotions. Many of you, your faith grew like never before. You got closer to the Lord. You got you had more dreams. You had more revelation. You had more insight. So much good has happened to you because you stood in the word. But many of you who have not been in the word, you have been shaken. And that's okay in the sense of it's not over. Now the right thing to do is now have the right attitude. We're meeting again September 19th, and I want you to, the Lord wants you to come in with a great expectation and to have a high regard, a high honor for the Word of God. You, you, and, and it's the Word that has helped me. It's the Word that's opened your mind. I remember when I was looking for a wife, and I was looking for a wife of this ethnicity, of that ethnicity. I was looking for beauty. And I remember when I was just reading, I just happened to be reading, and I stumbled upon a scripture Charm is fleeting, beauty is deceptive, but a woman who prays the Lord is to be feared. I mean, a woman who um, who feared the Lord is to be praised. And when I, when I got that scripture into my spirit, I understood what should come first. The first thing I should be looking for is a woman of integrity, a woman of character. Then I should look for beauty. Hey, listen, you have to be attracted to the person you want to be with. But the first thing that matters, whether it's man or woman, any type of spouse you're marrying, they have to be people of integrity and righteousness. They have to believe in Jesus. Amen. Yes, they should believe in Jesus. If I, I go even further, they should believe in tithing. They should believe in walking in righteousness. They should believe in integrity. You, you can't marry these people and they got their, their, their belief system all over the place. But going back to what my original point is that the Word of God taught me that. So the Word of God has helped me tremendously. The Word of God has brought me great success. It brought me great reward. The book of Joshua talks about how when you meditate on the Word day and night, you will bring success. The Word of God is actually the wisdom of God. And when it's church, God wants us to have the proper attitude, the mental 
fortitude when it comes to the word of God. So when the storms come, they won't knock us down. When the storms come, they won't shake our faith. Many people, because they're not in the word, they are moved and persuaded when different things come their way. And that's not how God has called us to live. And, and let me tell you, the storms are going to come. They're going to come. This is just a part of the, uh, the sinful world that we're living in. But Jesus showed us because he was in the world, he overcame the storms. He actually rebuked the storms. He actually cast out the devils. He did so much because he himself was a man of the word. I mean, he's the word himself, but he himself was a man of prayer. He himself was a man that was close to the father. He said, I do what I see my father doing. He said, my food, I get, I get, I get filled when I do the will of God for my life. So I want to encourage you when this church have the right attitude for the word of God. Listen, if you are not reading your word, if you tell me you don't have time, you are you are a carnal Christian. Yeah, I don't mean to be so so um, um harsh. And if I come across harsh, that's not my goal here. My goal is really to come in faith and love. But listen, you got to make time for the word. I've, during this pandemic, I got an understanding. Oh man, my God, I read my word. I read my word every single day. And there, there's probably a day or two I miss it, but the days that I miss it, I feel weird. You know why? Because I got a revelation, I got an understanding that God's word was, was God's way of speaking to me. And think about it, you're married. You wake up and you and your spouse don't speak. Won't that feel a little bit weird? You guys wake up, you go throughout the day and be like, man, I didn't speak to my spouse today. Or I didn't tell my spouse that I love her today. Or um, you have children, and man, I didn't speak to my child today. Or maybe you have a friend that you guys communicate often. Like, man, it's been months since I communicated with my best friend. What, that, that feels weird and awkward, doesn't it? But the same thing happened with the Word of God. I like to look at the Word of God as a cell phone. And when you put your ears to that cell phone, when you interact that cell phone, you begin to communicate with God. God communicates to you through His Word. When, you, when God communicates through His Word, you won't be led by false prophecies. Many right now in the church, they're being misled by false prophecies. They're being misled by false dreams that do not come from heaven. Many people are misled by different doctrines. When you get into the world, you will not be misled. Like I myself, I gave the example before how I had a dream where someone said to me, it's time to receive sickness and disease. If I had not known the word that sickness and disease does not belong to me, I would have accepted that. I would have said, you know what? This is for the glory of the Lord. The Lord's going to give me a sickness and disease so I can glorify his name. But that's not what the Bible teaches. But you only can know that when you're in the Word of God. There are 52 weeks out of the year. Out of the 52, you may go, go to church. Some of you don't go to church every Sunday. So that shows you how much we're interacting with the Word once a week or throughout the year. That means that we actually need more of the Word. But remember, the Bible says that the Word of God is food. So you want to grow in the Spirit. You want to expand. You want to see God moving in life. You have to get into the Word of God. You got to let that Word. Some of you... You may be dealing with some addictions. Listen, you don't have to deal with addiction once the Word of God gets into you. I remember before I got saved, listen, I'm not, I, sometimes I get embarrassed, but the Lord has delivered me. I used to masturbate every single day when I was in high school up until the first or second year of college, right before I got saved. It, man, it got so bad, I would prefer to do that than have sex with, with, with a person because I was so infatuated with my imagination and how it made me feel to do that type of um, um, unclean act. But when I got saved, when I, when, I, when I got saved, I really made a commitment. I understood that once I get saved, I'm going to have to put away these things. I'm going to have to I'm really live for the Lord. When I got saved, like Zach, I stopped masturbating um, every single day. It was no longer a compulsion or a pull to do it. That's the difference between a Christian and a sinner. A sinner has a compulsion. They feel compelled to sin. A, a Christian is tempted to sin, and they're both tempted. But with a Christian, he feels more grace and more power to resist. 
especially once he comes to the knowledge of the truth uh, of who he is and, and what God has given him. But when you become a, a, a saved person, you know sin no longer has power over you. And the more you get into that word, you're able to resist. The more you get into that word, you're able to stand strong. The more, every time Satan tries to tempt you, you, you be like, Jesus, listen, I resist you. Get behind me. This is not for me. This is not my identity. I don't want it. But you have to be in that word. You have to have a hunger, a passion, a desire for that word of God, a respect, not just for the word, a, desire, a hunger, a passion, and an honor for the man of God to speak into your life. Whether it be me, um, one of the pastorals that I passed on reach, or an invited guest speaker, you have to have the attitude that this man of God is speaking to my life. This man of God is going to help me. The Bible said that we should follow, Paul said, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. The man of men, women of God who are following Christ, you shall be following them, hearing their teachings. And then you should have the attitude of the Bereans who, after you hear the word of God, you should go back and study these things, go back to see if these things are true. So you will not be misled or misguided. There are many teachings and body of Christ, they're misleading people. They're misguiding people. They're messing them up. And here's the proof of the word. Is it able to stand in the in wicked and evil day? Is it able to stand against the storm? That's how you know you got the word inside of you. When the storms come, you're able to resist them or overcome them. So I want to encourage you, September 19th and going forward, have a prop, I mean, going forward now, even to September 19th, when we meet again and after, have a proper attitude of the word of God as Delhi had inside the dream. I had, as the Lord showed me what Delhi had inside the dream. He's at the front. He said, now, when he sat in my seat, because... I went to go do something else. Instead of sitting down and getting ready, getting excited, I lost my place, so to speak. And not that you're going to lose your place, but what's going to happen is if you do not hunger for the word, if you don't have a reverence for the word, somebody else will. And somebody else will get blessed. Somebody else will get rewarded. Somebody else will have their life continue to be transformed, their mind changed, their mind renewed, and you'll be watching on the sidelines. To the point where you begin to envy. Oh man, why is this person more blessed than I am? Why is this person going? Why is this person having all the success? Yes, yeah, that, that's gonna happen. If you do not desire the word, somebody else will. There are many Christians right now who desire the word, they're hungry for the word, and it shows in their life. Their lives are getting better and better. They're improving. And that's one thing, that's the mark of a Christian. Every Christian, your life should be getting better and better. Your life should not be going in circles. If your life is going in circles, you're doing this repeatedly. Oh, I'm starting a new business today, and I'm going to a new church today, and I'm, de I'm still dealing with this um, thing I, I dealt with 10 years ago. No, something's wrong. It shows that you're not really in the Word of God that you should be. I'm not talking about reading devotions. I'm talking about really getting, and getting engaged into the Word, looking for the Word to transform your thinking, transform the way you see things, looking for the Word to really build up your faith and encourage you. That's the attitude. And one of the reasons why the Lord used Delhi in that dream, because that's how Delhi really is. He is a man of the Word. He loved the Word. I mean, we got to an argument. He said, it's not in the, he's passionate. It's not in the Bible. It's not written. It's not there. And he, 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 every time we talk, people are adding things to the Word. He had just a passion and a hunger for people who, who, who add things to the Word that is not there. But the reason why he's like that because he's read the Word so much and he has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that is so strong, now he has a zeal of the Lord inside him where he says, listen, if it's not in the Word, we shouldn't be preaching it. We shouldn't be talking about it. And it's all connected to the main message of the dream, what, what Bobby kind of said, to be him is the glory of God. It's all connected because in order to be him, really to the more... To look more like Christ, to be like Christ, to live like Christ lived, you gotta know what the word says about Jesus Christ. You gotta know what the word says about your identity. So going back to this, you have to be a person of the word of God. Every single Wednesday we have a Bible reading plan. If you don't know about it, now you know. 
Every Wednesday, we send an email saying, listen, the Bible reading plan, join us. Now, you may say, I'm doing my own thing. The Lord is leading me in a different way. That's fine, but continue. you should join in on the Bible reading plan and read the Bible. Make a comment. Talk about it. But read the Bible. Talk to your friends about the Word of God, but read the Bible. You don't have to do it by yourself. Find others to read with, but it's important. But you got to have that attitude when you come September 19th that the Word of God is saving my life. People are worshiping the universe when the Word of God is against it. People are saying, thank you, universe. The word of God is against that. And then you have Christians arguing, oh, no, no, it's, it's fine. No, the, the word of God is, is against the worship of stars, sun, moon, and stars, or anything in the universe. Only God gets the only worship. Some people say, oh, the higher power. It, it's not the higher power. It's the highest power. That's who God is. He's the highest power. He's the top of the top. As I explained the last time, he's above all. You know, but if you're not in the word, you're going to be misled by different doctrines. Even you, even some of you women, you, sometimes you get misled by men because you yourselves are not inside the word of God. And I want to empower you and encourage you because I know this just came to me that sometimes a woman may be in a relationship and a man may seduce her or uh, somehow manipulate her to sleep, to sleep with him. And I want to encourage you, don't do it. The word of God, if you're not married to that man, if you, uh, if you're not married at all, you know, or maybe you're married, you know, hold true to your values, hold true to your vows, stick with the word of God. And some of you men, the same thing, if a woman's manipulating you, don't let her manipulate you. Get into the word. The word of God says you should not, you should not use your body as a place for sexual immorality. That's what the word of God teaches. And when you do the word, when you apply the word, your life is going to be blessed. You will no longer go in circles. You will no longer deal with the same things you've been dealing with years ago. When you really get into the word and you look for it to speak to you, you look for it to transform you, you look for it to change your thinking, you look for it to prophesy to you, and you look for directions, you look for solutions, you look for answers. When you really look into it, not just read it, okay, I read my word today, I'm going to go out and play. No, read it and begin to meditate on it, think on it. The Bible talks about how the word of God is like a mirror. We look in that word. You know why it says a mirror? Because actually the word of God reveals your true identity. It reveals who you truly are. So the word of God is like a mirror. You're looking at that mirror, but then you go away, you forget what you look like, and you start following the doctrines of the world. You start following the, 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 the mindset of the world. No, 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 no. Remember who you are. And you want to wait you're going to remember that as you get into the word. So September 19th, now to September 19th going forward, have a great attitude when it comes to the word of God. That was, the, that was one of the main points of my dream. It wasn't the main point, but it's one of the points, actually, as the Lord was showing that he wants one his church to have a proper attitude. Be there early. Be there on time. Be there with expectation. Don't get into some, don't get into carnal conversations when you're at church or before the, don't even do, I mean, if, 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 as best as you can, thank you, Lord, as best as you can, you do your best to stay away from carnal conversation. And actually, I felt the Lord want me to encourage you with this, is that it takes time to grow. It really does. Don't beat yourself up. Little by little, little by little. Continue to get into the word. Continue to pray to me. Continue to seek me. I feel the Lord is saying to you right now, continue to seek me, and I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you grow into the perfect image of Christ. So it takes time to grow. I wasn't like this when I first got saved. But now I got to this place by growing, by continuing in the Lord, by continuing in the doctrine of Pastor Maurice and other pastors that I look to for help. And that's a very important. You have to look to your pastor and others. And, and, and those who you really call to, first off, with Pastor Maurice, look to Pastor Maurice for help, to help guide you along the way in reading the Word of God, also your pastoral staff. But I want to encourage you, make the Word your, the main theme, the main point of your life. And now to, to, to uh, I'm going to, um, we're going to be closing out soon. I want to talk about what Bobby Connor said. He said, 
said to be him, that is the glory of God. Friends and family, the main goal, our main goal should be, our main goal should be, the top goal of our life should be, we should be endeavoring, we should be pushing, we should be moving forward to become more like Jesus. That is, that's why we're here. Once we got, we didn't just get saved just to get saved and then we get to experience the, the covenant of Abraham. We get to be rich. We get to be blessed. We have this joy. We have in dreams. We're having a good time. We have, we have fellowship in church. We have friends. We didn't just, no, 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 no. The main goal of Christianity is to be transformed into the perfect image of Christ so that the more people interact with you, they'll get to know the Father. The Bible talks about how in the book of Corinthians, I love this scripture. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Through us, diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Through us, people should know what God looks like, what God smells like. And that happens when we endeavor to become more like Christ. Actually, a pastor's job, excuse me, the fivefold ministry, you know what we're here for? We're here to teach you about how to be like Christ. It says this in the book of Ephesians, um, and he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's the fivefold ministry who are called to the church for the equipment of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we're, actually, we're also here as, as a five-fold ministry to teach you how to minister, to encourage you to minister, to encourage you to win souls, and to encourage you to disciple, to encourage you to pray and intercede for your, for your, for your, for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And then lastly, it said, not lastly, but it, it, it goes on to say, till we all come to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the fivefold ministry here to teach you how to be like Jesus. That's our main goal. We should be endeavoring to look more like Jesus. We should be as he is. He was victorious. We should be victorious. He was, oh, I love this, compassionate and merciful. We should be compassionate and merciful. Uh, um, cancel culture. Yeah, those who are part of cancel culture want to cancel this, cancel that. No, especially Christians, we are called to be compassionate and merciful. Yes, we may put somebody on a timeout who's been offending us. Or, you know what? I'm just going to stay away from you a little bit. But we're not to cancel them where we don't give them a second chance or we don't, we don't pray for them or we don't consider them or we never talk to them again. No, that's not. As Christians, the Bible talks about how we should forbear with one another. Jesus forbear. He was a person who forbear with Judas, the one who 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 um who betrayed him of all people. One of his twelve disciples betrayed him. Someone who was with him on a daily basis betrayed him. But yet Jesus gave him time and time to do the right thing. And guess what? Here's something very powerful about Jesus. Judas went away sorrowful. Judas went away and killed himself. It was not like the Lord said, "You know what? You're done." He, one of the things he said to Judas was, do you betray the son of man, the Lord of glory with a kiss? You, you're betraying me with a kiss? But he never himself said, you know what, Judas? Nah, you're finished. You're canceled, man. Hey, man, let's, let's put it on social media. Let everybody know this is what he did. We're going to cancel him. He didn't do that. No. He, 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 he was always harmed. That's why when Peter did what he did, his arms were still open to him. Jesus prayed for Judas to the very end. That's one of the things he did. But that's not all Jesus did. Jesus was wise. Jesus was a man of prayer. He was a man of the word. Jesus was close to the Father. We should be endeavoring to live, to look like Jesus. When we do that, the world will see what God looks like. 
We have the fivefold in the fivefold ministry. We who are called to ministry. We who are pastors, prophets, evangelists, apostles, teachers, whoever you are. We should be the ones teaching the people what it looks like to be like Christ. That's what our or most of, not, not even yeah all of our messages should have some type of hint or some type of drop or, or some somehow they have to have something where we're teaching people how to live as Jesus lived. That is why we're here. This is what this whole thing is about: to get saved. Then after that, to live as he lived, to be like him, and to exude the presence of the Father to the world. To show the world God is not mad at you. God is not against you. God is for you. God is with you. That's the main message of Winners Church. God is not against you. God is for you. Amen. That's, the, that's why we're here, to tell people that. To tell, but, 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 but we can't just tell people that. It's not enough to preach the gospel. We got to live the gospel, amen? We got to be as Jesus was, helping the sinner, helping the, um, the one who are, trying, who are trying to repent. Man, I'll, I'll give you a story. I, I, I made a mistake this past week. I went away to Florida, and I told the Lord prior. I said, for now on, Lord, I told him this, or rather, I think he gave me the idea for it. I'm not sure, but it came to me that whenever you meet someone, ask them if they're saved. And I say, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. And I met three people and I failed the test. I never asked them if they were saved. I prayed for them. I, I got their names. Well, um, um, one I got their name, the other two I didn't know their names, but I got their name. I got I just I began to pray. I got one person name, but I began to pray for them. But Lord, the Lord never told me to pray for them. The Lord says, preach the gospel and it showed them how to live, disciples them. And that is what we're here to do as believers, to be him. That is the glory of God. There are different types of glory. And we're about to close. I just want to read another scripture to you. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men another flesh of animals, another fish, another birds. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the, uh, of the stars, for the stars differ from one another. So there are different types of glory, but the greatest glory, the highest glory is to be as Jesus was to look like Jesus, to live as Jesus. And I know it is a high calling. It is high to live like Jesus lived, especially when you're dealing with your upbringing and some past behaviors. But when you get into the word that I mentioned earlier, you begin to learn how Jesus lived and you begin to really have it transform your mind you're going to be just as Jesus was. And it takes time. It's not as easy as it looks. It does take time. I'm not saying it's going to be a walk in the park, but if you endeavor every single day to get into your word, you endeavor to pray and seek the Lord, you endeavor to say, Lord, help me to be as Jesus was, more and more you're going to be transformed into the perfect image of Christ. That is why we are here. That's what this message is about today. Get into the word, having your mind transformed, and having yourself exude the image of Christ. Winning souls, discipling people, praying for the Lord, praying for our brothers and sisters who are in Afghanistan, praying for our brothers and sisters who are persecuted. Amen? It's not enough just to go to work anymore. That, that, that's fine. It's good that you have a goal to travel. It's good you have a goal to get promotions. It's good you have a goal to meet this person and do all types of networking. Those are great goals. But the first goal, the most important goal, is to be like Jesus. Amen? That's the first primary goal of your life. And if it's not that, you're going to make it that from, that from now going forward. I'm speaking to you prophetically. This was a prophetic dream given to me in the form of a parable showing the Lord what he expects of Winner's Church. He expects Winner's Church to move closer and closer into the perfect man, which is the man Christ, the image of Christ, to be as Christ was. I want to read one, one last scripture to you. I, like, I love this scripture. It's found in... um. 
um, um, 2 Corinthians, and it's found in the Amplified Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And all of us, as, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God as, a, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. The word of God as in a mirror. The word of God is a mirror. The glory of the Lord. So you're not just, when you look in the word of God, you're not just looking at a mirror. You're actually seeing the glory of the Lord, which is actually showing your true identity. Or constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And I want to close with this when it's church with a, a, a final exaltation. You are here to be transformed into the perfect image of Christ. It's not enough to see your friends or someone else. Oh, man, they, they, they're so good, man. They, they do the things that Jesus did. No, you're here to do the same thing. And, after the, after, and as you do that, as you go from glory to glory, as you exude the image of Christ, oh, there's such power that comes from exuding the image of Christ. There's power that's released. There's blessings that come when you enter into a place and a room is transformed. You enter into a neighborhood and the community is transformed. You get, go into a job and people are healed. You're sitting down at, at the image of Christ is being exuded. People are being healed right before your eyes. There's so much that happens. The favor, I mean, Jesus was a man of tremendous favor. There's so much that takes place. The image of Christ is not something that is boring. It's not something, it is the greatest glory you can have. And when you walk in that, when you live in that, my God, you're going to feel the power of God. People are going to feel the power of God around you. People are going to be saved. They're going to be helped. They're going to be delivered. You're going to be able to conquer many, many things. Things are going to begin to fall off of you. If you're dealing with any type of things you may be dealing with in your body, the more you push and press in to be the perfect image of Christ, you are going to feel the glory of God. You're going to be the glory of God. It's not enough to be like LeBron James. It's not enough to be like Bill Gates. No, I mean, that's cool. That's fine. But the best thing to be is like Jesus. And I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you right now. And I want you actually to pray too. Don't just listen to me pray, but get engaged with this prayer as you're watching. Maybe you can write something down, put on some uh, the, the folding hand emoji to signify that you're praying with me. But let's pray right now as I close. Father, help your people in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Help them to get into the word, number one. Give them a fresh renewed passion, hunger, desire for the word of God. Give them an appetite. You said in your word that your word was food. So therefore, give the people an appetite to get into the word of God. Give them a hunger for the word. May they wake up in the morning looking for the word. May they come September 19th looking for the word. May they desire the word everywhere they go in the name of Jesus Christ. Even in their conversations, may they talk more about the word says, what they learn from the word. If they can't, if possible, the people around them are not with it, find them other friends. Find them friends who would help them get into the word and have conversations about the word of God. And then, Father, give them a revelation of, give them a revelation of Jesus from the word of God. May they, every time they read, even in the old covenant to new covenant, every time they read, may they get a greater revelation of Jesus, his mindset, his heart. And after that, Father, when they get that revelation, they get that insight, give them the grace May their faith grow. Give them the grace to become more like Jesus. Remind them. You said in your word that I will bring to remembrance the thing that I've spoken to you, or the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the thing that I've spoken to you. So as the Holy Spirit, may, may the Holy Spirit bring to remembrance this word that I've spoken, but also what the Scriptures say about how Jesus was. 
Help your people to become more like Christ. And Father, we are making a fresh commitment, a fresh goal to exalt you, to lift you up, that men may be drawn to you, to lift you up in our lives, that men may be drawn to you. We're making a fresh goal to put you first in our worship services. We're making a fresh goal to put you in the beginning of our lives. We're making a fresh goal to go after your mind, to go after your heart, just like King David was. We're making a fresh goal to seek your face, that we become more and more like you. My God, I just, as I'm talking, I just realized in the wait a minute, that is the greatest honor to be like God, to be like Jesus. That is, I mean, you can't go no further than that, to be just as Jesus was. Satan tried to do it, Lucifer, and got knocked down. You know, he, he wasn't doing it, he, he didn't do it the right way. He, he had to go, you gotta go through Jesus. Amen? Jesus is the one. So, oh man, this all, we gotta close, but there's so much. As I'm talking to you, I can feel more revelation coming out of it. I feel more grace. I know you feel that grace too, but this is our time and season to, to, to reset our priorities in order and make Jesus the one that we're trying to be like more and more in Jesus' mighty name. Before we close, um, we have to um, um, give the salvation um, the, and the invitation to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Listen, if you're watching this for the very first time, welcome. Um, if you have been watching it and um, you have now come to a place where you you can feel the tug, you feel a pull, it is it is it is time to give your life to Jesus. Jesus died for your sins. He died for your sanity. He died so that you can be walk in freedom. You can be free from sins, free from bondage, especially mental bondage. You can be free from the spirit of depression. Anything that tries to bind you, bind you that is devilish, demonic, or that comes from the tradition of the world, Jesus wants you to be free. And you be, you, your freedom starts when you say yes to Jesus Christ. If you're watching. Now is your time. You're ready to make that decision. I want you to place your hand in your heart and I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that you died for my sins. I acknowledge that you died that I may be free. I ask you to come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends and family, with that simple prayer that is coupled with faith, you are now born again. You're now pure clean, righteous, holy, your heart is clean, amen, you are now begin the process to be transformed into the perfect image of Christ in Jesus' mind, to express his behavior outwardly in Jesus' name, amen. I mean, in the spirit, you're there, but now physically, you have now begun the process to grow in Christ. If you have prayed that prayer, please let us know. There's a number at the bottom of the screen Please text us, say, hey, I gave my life to Christ. Or you maybe want us to pray for you. Please text us your prayer request as well. You can use that number or you can text us at info at winnerschurch.com. That's info at winnerschurch.com. And as we close, listen, it's time to give. Friends and family, what we're doing is great here. We are pushing you to walk in Christ, to live as Christ lived. We're pushing you to be victorious. We are pushing you. We're motivating you. We're teaching you. We're praying for you. We're doing the best that we can, the best that we know how. Um, God's plan, God's plan, God's perfect plan for your life, to be the person you've been called to be. And listen, the best thing you can do is not give all because they need the money, but you can give someone in faith because there's great work that's being done here, because your life is being transformed and changed. Your life continues to get better and better. I've shared words with you that's going to help you. So because of that, and also Pastor Reese has shared words, we've done so much to share words. We've, we've done prayer. Um, um, we've done prayer with you. We've done things with you over the phone. So much has happened. 
I want you to continue to sow because of the amount of goodness of God that's in this place. Sow off of that. No, don't. I mean, it's good to sow for need. That's fine. But I want you to really put your faith out there and give and say, you know what? I'm going to give because my church is blessing me. I'm going to give because my church is a blessing to me. I'm going to give because the Bible says so. I'm going to pay my tithe because the Bible says so. And I'm going to give because I know the Lord is in this place and he is directing me and helping me. And if you're ready to give, that all that information is on the bottom of the screen. You can choose any which one, any which way you want to give. It's all received. And for those who, who, have, who, who are giving, I bless you. Even if you're giving during the week or you're giving, you're giving yesterday, if you gave, whoever you are, if you gave, I just want to bless you. And I want to prophesy the man and the man and declare that God is multiplying you right now in the name of Jesus. Be on the lookout for opportunities of multiplication. Be on the lookout for opportunities for financial growth. God is sending them to you. You've been faithful. You've been given. Maybe your faithfulness just started. Whenever it started, because of your faithfulness, because of your trust in the Lord, because you've decided to give into the great work of God, God is going to enhance you as you have you as you have have enhanced his work he's going to enhance your life in Jesus mighty name God bless you we love you we'll see you again next week remember September 19th we're meeting again I hope to see you there at 11 a.m um the, the location will be is on the website of course and in the coming weeks we're going to put that stuff on the screen but God bless you we love you and we'll see you next week take care